Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. For amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, go to rockauto.com right now and save. On today's episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast, we're going to give you, I'm going to give you my final thoughts on the Kansas State game. We're going to look at the top 25 polls, where OU lands in the AP and the USA Today coaches poll, as well as starting to take a look at Texas because it is Red River Showdown Week, Red River Rivalry, Red River Shootout, whatever you want to call it. The Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Longhorns will be playing all of that today on the Locked On Sooners podcast. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Lockdown Sooners Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Thank you so much for making the Lockdown Sooners Podcast your first listen. Make sure you go check out the Lockdown Cowboys Podcast and the Lockdown Big 12 Podcast to make sure that you are up to date on the Dallas Cowboys, who had a big win on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, and Get your Big 12 recap from Josh Neighbors over at Lockdown Big 12. But we got to talk about where OU lands in the AP Top 25 poll and the USA Today coaches poll. So over in the AP poll, we'll take a look at that first. The Oklahoma Sooners stayed at number six in the, uh, the AP poll, got 1,248 points. And, you know, not surprising that they kind of stayed still. The I think the pollsters are really waiting for Oklahoma to do something significant, have a uh, impressive win, so to speak. But what is a little bit surprising, and maybe it's not as surprising, but Cincinnati, group of five, darling for 2021, jumped the Oklahoma Sooners after a big win against Notre Dame. Now, yes, it's Notre Dame. It's it's a big, you know, it's kind of, they're not in the power five because they're not in a conference, but it's a power five type of team that Cincinnati was able to beat. What is this Notre Dame team? I think that's the thing we run into every single year, right? Is that is Notre Dame a legit contender or are they a pretender? You know, is Notre Dame the Texas of the upper Midwest? Anyway, it's a big win for Cincinnati. Great, great job by Desmond Ritter and Luke Fickle and that coaching staff getting them ready to go into, uh, you know, a tough place to play. They're in uh, South Bend. You can't, you cannot take that away from them. So they jumped the Oklahoma Sooners. They go from seven to six, uh, running out the top five. You got Alabama at number one, obviously. Georgia at number two, who actually got nine first place votes. I think a lot of people are really liking what Georgia is bringing to the table. And what's not to like? I mean, Georgia's playing great defense. They're running the football well. They're playing good offense. This is just a really good team. And obviously Alabama is a good team too. And then you got Iowa who had a huge win over Maryland. And I mean, Maryland's Maryland, but they're a team that's looked better offensively this year than they have in years past. And so for Iowa to go in there and just manhandle those guys, that that's absolutely incredible. Um, and then you got Penn state at number four, Cincinnati at number five. Now, Iowa and Penn State, they're going to play this weekend uh, in a huge Big Ten clash. Really looking forward to that game to see how that turns out, but that could create some more movement. 
if Oklahoma has a convincing win over Texas, maybe they jump back into the top four in the AP top 25 over in the USA Today coaches poll. It's a similar top four. You got Alabama, Georgia, Iowa, Penn State, and then Oklahoma, they dropped from four to one. Both Iowa and Penn State both moved up two spots. Oklahoma dropped a spot. Cincinnati comes in at six. Ohio State comes in at seven. So, yeah, in both in both the polls, uh, Oklahoma is kind of losing ground a little bit. They only have a 22-point lead on Cincinnati in the USA Today coaches poll. Now, I mean, we, we talked about it a second ago. So much, of, so much of this is based on a big win by Cincinnati over Notre Dame. You know, the Big Ten is getting a lot more respect right now than the Big 12. And for for whatever reason, I mean, it's a deep, it's a deep conference. It's got a lot of teams at the top that are pretty good. But I mean, Oklahoma keeps winning. Yeah, maybe it's not impressive. Maybe it's not flashy. It's not a pretty win, but they keep winning. And yeah, I just I don't know. I, I kind of get to the point where I'm like, come on. At some point, you just got to like give guys, give teams credit for just winning games. And that's kind of where the Oklahoma Sooners are. Now, it was a solid win over Kansas State. I think that six-point you know margin of victory makes it look a lot closer than it was. I think Oklahoma, for the most part, played a really good second half and controlled the second half. I won't say they dominated it because Kansas State scored some points, got back in the game a little bit. But at one point, they had a 34-17 lead. That was after it being 13-10 at halftime. So Oklahoma came out in the second half. They played some really, really good football and put Kansas State in the rear view. Now, Kansas State got the big you know, kickoff return for the touchdown that was able to get them to 31 points. Chalk that up as maybe, you know, just a, a great play. You know, a lot of good things, a lot of things have to go right for a team to return a kickoff for a touchdown in today's you know, college football. And so I, to me, I was more convinced of that win than I have been of any win this season. And that's going to bring us into our next topic that we're going to talk about in the next segment. And that's what does it take? What's it going to take for the Oklahoma Sooners to what kind of win does Oklahoma have to have for you to be convinced that it's a good win? Like what constitutes a good win? Threw it out there on the Lockdown Sooners Twitter account and asked you for your feedback. And I got a lot of great responses. And, and so we'll go through some of those uh, coming up here after the break. But first, I, I got to talk to you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the place to go for daily fantasy sports. It's daily fantasy made easy. It's a leader in college sports, and they've got the most football props more than anyone in the world. And they offer the star players from the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. You want to get in on some Malik Willis over there at Liberty. You want to pair him up with the Spencer Rattler prop. Hey, that'd be a lot of fun. Go do that at Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers any prop that you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interception thrown. All you have to do is go in, pick anywhere from two to five players. You can match or pick their projections, pick the over under. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy so don't hesitate check out prizepix.com use promo code locked on to get a 100 welcome bonus up to 100 or go to your app store and download the app today prize picks is daily fantasy made easy i also want to talk to you about rock auto rock auto is the family-owned business serving auto parts customers for more than 20 years their online business 
no brick and mortar. They save because they don't have the overhead that the local chain stores have. You can save anywhere from 30 to 50 or even 100% more from Rock Auto as opposed to a chain store. They've got reliably low prices for every customer from the do-it-yourselfer to the professional mechanic. You can go to rockauto.com and save. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now here on Locked On Susan, we got to start getting ready for Texas week. But before we do that, I want to look back at the first five games of the season. The Oklahoma Sooners have won them all. Obviously, that's I'm not breaking any news here. But they won four of those five by less than a score or by a touchdown or less. You know, against Tulane by five, Nebraska by seven, West Virginia by a field goal, and Kansas State by six. You know, you combine all that in their Games against, you know, FBS opponents, they're averaging like 5.5 points per game uh, in win differential or margin of margin of victory. And so I just got me thinking, you know, like because so I've been an NFL fan for a long time. And in the NFL, you win, you get in the playoffs. That's all that really matters. You're not really caring about style points. Obviously, in college football, things are a lot different, especially with the history of college football, where, you know, it was the voters that decided the national champion and not a playoff, not the BCS championship game, what have you. Over the last 20 years, obviously, you know, the, the style point thing has even become even more significant as you, know, you get two teams that can get into the college football playoff, or sorry, the BCS championship game first, and then four teams into the college football playoff. Every team is looking to make a, make it a, a significant impact in their game so that they can sway the voters to put them in the college football playoff or in what was the BCS championship game before now Oklahoma hasn't had any significant, like, you know, I popping wins at this point, but they've won. They're five and zero, and it didn't, it doesn't take long before you start looking on the message boards, Facebook posts, groups, Twitter, whatever it is, whatever social media account you use before you just start seeing people dissatisfied with the win. Like this was a really good win. 37-31 over a Kansas State team that has given them fits. I mean, they beat them the last two years or previous two years. So getting any win over a team as well-coached and as tough as they are, to me, is, is impressive, especially going on the road. Like, you go on the road, Vegas itself will just give you, like, makes like the difference between playing at home and playing on the road is three points. So if you're Oklahoma and you were a favorite, you get three more points because – you're on the road or the home team gets three points because you're on the road. And so like they get six, like they win by six, but really if that was a home game, that'd be like by nine. But then you take into account that they had the kickoff return for a touchdown that brought it to 37, 31. And yeah, that's a huge play. And it gets, you know, Kansas state some momentum, gets them back into the game. But really the game wasn't that close. Like Kansas state needed a lot to go right in the second half, just to have a chance in that game. And not everything went right. We talked about the onside kick in yesterday's show and how that didn't go right for the Kansas State Wildcats. And not everything did. And that's what happens when you play a good team like Oklahoma. And Oklahoma had a good win. So ask the question on Twitter, Locked on Sooners, 
at Locked On Sooners on, on Twitter. You can check it out on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast as well. And I just said, what would constitute a good win in your eyes? Now, some people answered this in context of Texas, and some people just answered it in general. Uh, you know, some one person said, you know, this is at uh, Joseph Weiss. This is at Weiss Joseph. He says at least four offensive touchdowns and one defensive touchdown and a 10-plus point win look consistent. I mean, that's a lot to expect. I mean, that's four a defensive touchdown. It doesn't happen every game, but you know, I, I get where he's coming from. Like you want to see a consistent performance from your team. I think this week they got that, you know, they scored on eight, seven of eight touchdown or seven of eight drives. They scored points to get the 30 to get to 37. I thought they were a much more consistent looking team this, this week. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people, I'm going to give them credit. You know, a lot of folks like, you know, Chappie's and Claire, this is that sooner man. You know, he said every win is a good win unless there's a serious season changing injury. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. Like a win is a win in my book. And, and many people responded to that. You know, uh, at Juan is amazing. He said a single point more than the other team. Absolutely. Paul Cunningham just need the W. You know, and then some people are like, you know, Matthew Jefferson saying preferably a two score or more game that isn't decided in the final two minutes for as much as we mocked them, the horns are actually a pretty good team and will likely finish the season top 15. Uh, Rachel Boomer, Sooner Herrera uh, up two scores. I don't care if it's up by 14 or 10, just more than three, five or six. And, and yeah, that makes sense. You want, you want to be able to win a little bit more comfortably than they're winning. Obviously uh, David O'Neill masters of ed, says playing a complete game on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's kind of subjective. Like what does a complete game look like? And obviously we saw that in the Western Carolina game, but that's Western Carolina. Who cares? Um, I I think we were, this was the closest we've seen against this Kansas state team. It was the closest we've seen because again, the offense scored on seven of their eight drives, the defense, the defense held them to 24 points. Now special teams gave up seven, but the defense held them to 24. They got some splash plays, got a turnover early, got some sacks or got a sack. Sorry. So I, I don't know. Uh, and then when, when people think about Texas, it's like anyone against Texas is a good win. Um, Cameron Richardson says beat Texas by 30. Uh, Landon, this is at OU softball, 88, six K one. That's a really convoluted Twitter handle Landon. Uh, my apologies, but yeah, a uh, 10 point win at Oki KJ says double digits. Um, GMO just, just win baby land of Lincoln. We cover. And yeah, I mean, so covering like that's, that's a good one, especially if you're going to put money on the Sooners, obviously a good win is, is them covering. And then a lot of it is just like, for a lot of people like fish here, he says, you know, just about the optics, you know, and, and this is a really good point that he makes is like the defense not being able to get off the field on third or fourth down. Now the defense, you know, held them to like eight of 15. Now it's not great, but it's pretty good on third down. The problem is that the defense gave up four first downs on five fourth down opportunities. Defense, you know, Kansas state was four or five on fourth downs. That's not good. They got to figure that out. That's been a problem all year long. Like why can't they get off the field on a fourth down? It's crazy to me. If I was any team, like if I was, if I was coaching against Oklahoma, I'd, I'm four down territory every single time because Oklahoma's shown that they can't really stop me consistently enough on fourth down. And if, if I'm especially playing for four downs, how many fourth and shorts am I going to get versus fourth and longs? Again, a lot of people saying just beat Texas. You know, Randy Zabel says any win is a good win. 
<laughs> Gerald Wade. This is 83,456 to minus three. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously that that would be a pretty good win. Seems bit a bit unrealistic. I mean, you know, that minus three thing, that that's not gonna happen. But hey, maybe the 83,000 points might happen. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it, you know, and so I think Oh, and then Prairie Palace is paraphrasing Supreme Court Justice Potter. He says, I can't explain it, but it, but I know it when I see it. And that's a good point. I mean, it is so subjective, right? Like what a quality win or a good win looks like is a very subjective phenomenon. It's one of those things where you can't really put a finger on it, but like you, you see it and it, and it looks like a good win. Um, you know, I, you know me. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. They had they won against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, and I I look at that game and I thought, man, that's a really good win. Now they gave up a touchdown late because they were in prevent defense and in prevent mode, but in the fourth quarter that game wasn't even close. And I, and I think that's that to me, Oklahoma's win over Kansas State is similar to that. You know, like again, Kansas State needed a lot of things to go right for them in order to get into this game, stay in this game in the second half and be able to have a chance to, to tie it at the end. Problem was they couldn't get the onside kick at the end and Oklahoma was able to run out the clock. So, yeah, I, I, I like I said before, you know, I, I have a hard time like looking for style points and wins because I'm so um, accustomed to just, Hey, just win. I mean, look at this team and look where we've been during the, the Baker Kyler Jalen eras, we were still winning close games, but there were a lot of close games that were shootouts. I mean, there was, there were obviously some blowouts that they, they performed, but they were in a lot of close games too. And now I think probably some of it is just the, the way we view the competition that Oklahoma's faced, you know, like these close games have come against Tulane and Nebraska and West Virginia, but, I mean, I feel like, you know, that West Virginia game, that's a huge game. Uh, you know, West Virginia hadn't played the Sooners in a couple of years because that game got canceled last year due to COVID. So maybe they were just fired up to come to Norman and play that game. And then you look at Tulane, Tulane playing an emotional game after everything was going on with the hurricane down there in New Orleans just before the season started. And then you've got Nebraska, 50th anniversary of the game of, set, game of the century, renewal of a huge rivalry. A lot of Nebraska kids, you know, fired up to play Oklahoma. I mean, so it's, it's, and then you got Kansas state that has played, has beaten Oklahoma you know, each of the previous two years. So you got a lot of, a lot of motivated teams going against Oklahoma. What do we talk about the before the season even started with Oklahoma and Texas set to move to the sec, Oklahoma's going to have a target on its back every single week in the big 12, because they're public enemy number two, because Texas is always public enemy number one. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I love the responses. Thank you so much for your responses. I love interacting with you all and, and getting your feedback to some of these questions, because I mean, what I think is a good win is not necessarily what everybody thinks is a good win. And so it's, it's fun to see just kind of where everybody falls on this and yeah, man, any, any win against Texas is a good win. It can be by 30. It can be by three, just get that win against Texas. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, for one, think the Kansas state win was a good win. We're going to close the book on that one. A lot of really good things happened. Kind of talked about a lot of the, the players that stood out in yesterday's show. So make sure you go check that out. And then coming up next, we got to talk about what's coming up. Red River Showdown, Red River Rivalry, Red River Shootout coming. 
this Saturday at the Cotton Bowl. State Fair, Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas. We'll talk a little bit about Casey Thompson because to me, the roller coaster ride of Casey Thompson will determine how this game goes on Saturday. But first, I've got to talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They're back and better than ever, and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. As BetOnline, where the game starts. And I'm going to talk to you about sweat block. Sweat block is the doctor created, doctor recommended antiperspirant that offers you the dry shirt guarantee. It works for up to seven days per use. And if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Do you deal with excessive sweating? There are times when I'm given a big presentation, sometimes that my, my pits just want to just unleash the Niagara Falls. Well, sweat block is the antiperspirant currently number one on Amazon in that category, manufactured in the USA they can get me through those big presentations. It's stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash and go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed. If you or someone you love is dealing with excessive sweating, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com. Use promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. And Hey, one more time. Just want to thank you so much again for listening to the Locked On Sooners podcast and making it your first listen every single day. On the next episode, we'll continue to dig deeper into Texas. On Thursday's show, we'll have our Locked On Big 12 roundtable, which we do every single week as we go through what happened the previous week and what's coming up on the Big 12 slate. So make sure you go check out Locked On Big 12. Get all your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with the Big 12 expert, Josh Neighbors. It's free and available on all platforms. So Casey Thompson takes over for Hudson card in week two against Arkansas Hudson cards, just struggling against the Razorbacks in Fayetteville. Uh, You know, he was the guy that Steve Sarkeesian picked out of the preseason to be his starting quarterback lasts, not even two games. Well, Casey Thompson comes in, plays pretty well against Arkansas, goes five of eight, 57 yards. And then against Rice has a great game. Isn't asked to do a whole lot because, of course, it's Rice. Uh, You know, he has just 20 dropbacks. Goes 15 of 18 for 164 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, And then against Texas Tech, when the Longhorns, man, just went out and made a statement. Uh, You know, they put 70 points on the the Red Raiders. He goes 18 of 23 at 78.3% completion percentage for 303 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, you heard that right. Five touchdowns. So we're looking at this Casey Thompson trajectory and you're like, oh man, Casey Thompson is like all of a sudden a legit quarterback. Maybe Steve Sarkeesian's doing something there. Maybe he's got something going on. And then against TCU, And let me preface this by saying that TCU is kind of the 
has been the, the Kansas state to Oklahoma, like what Kansas state is to Oklahoma. TCU has been that to Texas since joining the big 12. And so I'm going to say like, Hey, Gary Patterson is a pretty good defensive coordinator. He's a good defensive play caller. I'm going to give him a little bit of credit for containing Casey Thompson a little bit and slowing him down. But man, the, the, the ball dropped like the, the floor fell for Casey Thompson. He went 12 of 22. That's 54.5%. That's the lowest completion percentage of the season for 142 yards, just six and a half yards per attempt, one touchdown, one interception. Now that's three straight games in which Casey Thompson's thrown an interception. And it makes you wonder like, is now, is he really the guy? Because I mean, he was looking really good. Obviously everybody's going to look good against rice. But that Texas Tech team, I thought was going to be a little bit better and put up a little bit more of a fight. But he looked great against them. And the Longhorns offense in general looked great against the, the Red Raiders. And so it just go, just makes you wonder what Casey Thompson or the Oklahoma Sooners going to see this week. Are they going to see the dynamic passer that's accurate and able to complete a high percentage of his throws? Or are they going to see the average guy that they're used to seeing? Someone who's going to be able to make some plays on the ground but you're not so worried about him as a passing threat, which is a, a you know, a little bit bit of, of a difference uh, as compared to this past week, you know, uh, you know, Casey Thompson is going to run it more than Skylar or sorry. Yeah. Casey Thompson is going to run it more than Skylar Thompson he had a little bit of a brain fart thinking, wait, they have the same name. No, they have the same last name, but yeah, it's, they do. Um, I don't know why that just clicked in my head. Sorry about that. Casey Thompson's running a little bit more than Skylar Thompson. Skylar's coming off the knee injury, getting still getting back, still getting healthy. Uh, you know, against Texas Tech, you know, Casey ran five times for 37 yards and a touchdown, did have one fumble against TCU, carried the ball six times for 55 yards, and again, had another, another fumble. So with Casey Thompson's kind of like willingness or, uh, you know, his predilection, um, for putting the ball on the ground turning the ball over. I think that's something that favors the Oklahoma Sooners. And, you know, obviously he's not the catalyst for the Texas Longhorn offense. That's Bajan Robinson, who we'll talk about in tomorrow's show. But yeah, Casey Thompson, I mean, if he comes out and he's accurate, it's going to be a long day for the Oklahoma Sooners. I think the best way to get to Casey Thompson and make things make life difficult is lots and lots of pressure. Uh, when facing pressure, he only completes 57.1% of his passes. Um, and yeah, so and one interception, no touchdown, 6.9 yards per attempt. So pressure versus no pressure, his yards per attempt drops by three whole yards. His completion percentage drops by 17 points when he's facing pressure. Now, he's only been pressured on 22 dropbacks. Uh, but he's going to be a guy that the Oklahoma Sooners are going to be able to, going to have a chance to get to. He's been sacked three times um, against the blitz. He's been pretty good. He's obviously better when he's not blitzed. And so I think this is going to be a situation where, you know, Alex Grinch is going to want to dial up some pressure. Um, you know, he is going to be able to get some opportunities to, get to Casey Thompson. I think it's one of those weeks where you want to use that, that slot corner blitz that was so effective uh, or has been so effective in, in the red river shootout for some reason. 
I mean, I just have visions of Trey Norwood, Trey Brown, one of the two, just crushing Sam Ellinger um, in the end zone for a safety off that corner, that slot corner blitz. So maybe this is the week that we see Billy Bowman coming off the edge and uh, and crashing, and cracking uh, Casey Thompson. So I, I'm I'm a, I'm excited to see how this works. I think you know we we've seen enough mobile quarterbacks at this point that Oklahoma should have a really good idea of how to defend it. We'll see if they're able to do so against Casey Thompson, who has played some. He's got some experience, and it's somebody that they've seen before, uh, not in extended runs like he's going to get on Saturday, but also he hasn't seen the Oklahoma defense in extended runs. He hasn't seen Nick Bonito for a whole game or Isaiah Thomas for a whole game. Now, some of it's going to de- how some of the, how this game goes in the secondary is going to depend on who's healthy and who's available. If they're still down several guys, then it could be a rough game for, for the Oklahoma Sooners in the secondary. But um, quarter, according to Parker Thune, who we've had on the show many times, there's a good chance that Woody Washington is back this week, which if he is, that's a huge boost for the Oklahoma Sooners defense, who's been, you know, they've been pretty good. But when you get your best cover player back, that's going to be going to be huge. So we'll continue to dig into Texas. We'll get ready for Red River. It's going to be a, so much fun. This is such a great week because social media is just blowing up. You're talking with your friends, your family. Everybody gets pumped for this game. College game day is going to be there. That atmosphere is going to be rocking. So make sure you're tuned in and getting ready for the Red River Shootout here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams, and you can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at USA Today. Until tomorrow, Boomer Sooner. <laughs>